Hello everyone, welcome to the second part of my chat with data transmission boss Graham Farmer. My name is Jake Colley, I'm a DJ, journalist and creator of Undiscovered Sounds, a platform for emerging electronic music artists. This episode, we cover areas such as how many songs you should send to labels, how to get your tracks into playlists, whether you should self-release music and obviously much more. So let's get to it. A couple of people on the podcast have said that they've been told that the best thing to do is is send like a folder of of music to, to labels rather than like an individual song. What what would you is that something you you would recommend to people? Yeah, I just yeah I do like you just I wouldn't go too big like because people are gonna like send three or four tracks max get them interested. Um, if they like really like it, then they'll ask for more. Um, get a few labels interested don't go don't go like so you see people releasing on so many labels and you're just like just stick with a few and just really build into their audiences first you know and really build that kind of they know who you are they release you releasing good music with them and you can sort of you see that it's working and you're kind of building again familiarity it's just just about you know that kind of consistency but yeah, definitely. You but again, you've got to have that music ready, so you've got to kind of done the work before you even get to that point, you know. So, what are your tips for for getting gigs for for DJs these days? What would you say? Do you know the biggest thing is uh, is who do you want to play for? Because a lot of people, you ask them that, and they go, "Well, I want to, uh, I want to play for Defected, or I want to, I want to." I wanna... Okay, well, who's putting those shows on? Is it defecting themselves? Possibly. Who else is putting shows on? Like, who else is putting shows in your town? Who's putting shows on in your your area? Like, who's putting the who's the promoter? Not not sometimes the brand. You know, maybe defecting is a bad idea, bad because they do their own shows. But some of these other promote brands will have promoters, and it's who who is that? And until you know who that is. You can't then can't pitch to them. You can't go and meet them. You can't add them on social media. You can't find them on LinkedIn, which is a killer platform for me for doing any sort of business at the moment. Like, get on LinkedIn and go and add up all the all these promoters. You can find them, but you need to know who they are to start off with. So do the re- again, do the research. So, how what would you recommend for for people how they approach promoters? What what kind of things would would you say when you're first reaching out so you don't look kind of too desperate and but also you want to get your point across that that you're keen and that kind of thing. Do you know, um, I guess, I guess, like I would start with a few phases, like start showing up on social in the comments, start showing up. If you can't go physically, go digitally, you know, show up in the comments, show up in comment on everything, set your kind of their notifications. So you still always see their posts and start your face appearing in there. You know, even little subtle things like make sure your profile picture absolutely pops against the social media so that your face can be seen. It's not just like a, you know, a crappy logo. Your actual, you've got a really bright background behind your your head. You know, those simple little little tweaks that just make sure you that you're seen every time by that social media person, or if it's the promoter doing their own socials, you're, you're seen every time. Then you can start DMing them and saying, "Hey, great lineup, great court," you know, something like that, and then just work it a little bit, you know. And then you kind of ask if you can ask if you can send a, a mix to be considered, you know. Um, and I know this is all going to take a lot of time, but you've got you've got time. You've got you no. Know, 
if you if you spend if you if you if you've done the research and you've got a list of who the promoters are, then you can systematically do this over a few weeks and you know build into it, or just pitch and pitch an email and say, "Hey, I'm so and so. Here's my mix. I do this. I do that. I've got this on the go. I've got these releases on the go. I've got music coming out on this label. It's just gonna it's gonna you know it's getting good traction. Tell them everything you've got going on, but keep it short and to the point, and you know pitch yourself." A promoter, a promoter at the end of the day is going to want bums on seats. And if this comes from either you having a rent a crowd that you know you can bring to parties, great. I'm, I'm all for that because, again, it's people coming to see you. And if you've got a crowd in there that's yours, other people are going to be attracted to it. Or you've got, you know, you've built up a load of releases and you've got some killer music coming out and you're getting good support. That's, that's bums on seats at the end of the day, you know. Or you've got a banging radio show that's, you know, got a massive following that you can talk to the audience and, you know, essentially tell them about this event or you've got, a, you've got a banging Discord or a cool stream that you're doing every week, but you've got to have other things on the go, you know, something we can tell people what, what you're doing. Or it could be an Instagram thing, you've built a big social. So obviously you've got a massive, a massive amount on, so you're probably a good person to, to give advice on this, but how do you kind of juggle everything? Because a lot of DJs say that they struggle to find the, the time outside of their full-time jobs and stuff. What what are your tips for like keeping organized and finding enough time to do things and stuff like that? Um, I use this thing. It's called calen- calendar blocking. So I open up my Google calendar. I, I'm pretty visual. So I, I fill in everything that's got, I've got going on. I start by putting in my daughter's time because she gets first, first dibs uh, of my time. And she gets, so I fill in all her t- when she's here with me. When she's with, um, and when she's at the house, um, when her holidays are, when her school holidays are, and things like that, and then I put in things like sleep and eating, and kind of we quite quite rigid on when we eat, but it just helps, you know. I put in my kind of running and and mental health and gym and all that sort of stuff, and then and then and now I put in my streams. Obviously, I have to I do them three times a week, so they go in. And then you look at the rest of it and what, what have I got? What have I got else? Where, where have I got big gaps, you know? And all that space is like, right, what, what do I need to achieve today? And then I block in data transmission gets it, gets its own little block. So that goes in first thing in the morning. Uh, and I get up at like half past four and between half four and about half eight, I do all the data transmission stuff and kind of get that, all that content out of the way before I get into my day, you know, if you're doing a nine to five, then blocking your nine to five, blocking your eating, blocking your gym. Right, what time are you going to bed? Put that in there. And then what time are you getting up? Again, you'll have a nice big chunk of white space somewhere. What can you what 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 can you do on your on your on essentially your side hustle? Or what day could be your content day? What day could you, you know, set aside for studio days and just block them in, you know? I find it works really well. So what, what time do you what time do you use to go to bed if you get up at half four? That intrigues me. <laughs> uh, I'm normally asleep by 10. To be fair, sometimes a bit earlier, but I stop work at about nine-ish. Um, sometimes a bit earlier, but normally by nine. I, sometimes I say to my other half, I'm stopping in in half an hour, and that's about half past seven, and it's about nine-ish. Uh, and then I have an hour to just kind of like wind down and, yeah, go again the next morning, you know. But I have big blocks in the day where, like I said, I'll go for a run for – I put in a big two-hour block in the day for running and exercise and that kind of, again, resets and recharges things, you know? So, obviously, some people 
they're not getting not getting signings and they they decide they're going to set up the, their own label and and they're going to release their music that way but at, at what points is that a good idea and and what would be your tips for for setting up a a label in in that circumstance do you know i i i'm i'm actually getting more and more for the kind of self-releasing like um i've seen how much rejection there is from 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 not getting stuff signed and people have actually given up because they can't because you know they've got really good music but they're just not getting it signed or they're not getting it heard because because people's inboxes right now are ridiculous and and unless you've got that network then you know it's difficult so i'm getting more and more into the self-release um there's a lot more information out there to kind of promote your music and make sure you're promoting your music to the max um you're whether you're getting a lot of these kind of new artists are going to have to be will probably be signing to smaller labels to start off with and smaller labels are just you know somebody's somebody's you know side hustle at the end of the day if they're if they're an art they're, like you say they've got a day job and they're an artist and they're trying to run a label it's essentially their second side hustle which means they're getting even less of the time you know whereas whereas you and your music could be your first and it's you could learn how to promote it um and learn how to market and learn how to do facebook app marketing and essentially spend your own money on your own music that brings a return um you can still pitch it to radio one you can still give yourself a label name and you still pitch it to other places like i get it on bbc introducing and you know great places like that and um you can still get it in spotify playlist because spotify actually prefer artists anyway so and you can still do all your editorial pitch so there's a lot to be said for self-releasing these days and there's some great platforms for doing it um you don't even have to like you say you don't have to have a label i know you could give yourself a label name but if you're just releasing your own music and it's just you, then just self-release it. Um, I think, because then you can build your own release schedule. You can build your consistency. You can build following because you've got music and you've got assets and you're doing all the creative. Then if you can't, if you can't do one of the parts, then be the producer, get, you know, like, like a TV producer or, you know, the term producer is you're bringing all the parts together. So go on Fiverr and get some artwork done or go on, on face someone on facebook or somewhere on well you can post and say who can do artwork and there'll be plenty of people that will come you know that will you know comment and get and it won't cost you that much you know not as much as the time or the effort of sending it to, to labels that are just not hearing you, you know and you can build a release schedule that builds your build your following and build you an audience that and gets your gets you out there you know and as your music gets better and you people find this music so as it gets better, you get more heard, more known, and then you start getting signed to the bigger labels, and then it starts to pop, you know. But there's plenty of places to learn. That's what we cover on my course, loads. Like the literally the, the promoting of music, the this release schedules and marketing and how to grow your Spotify and how to pitch and things like that, you know. You mentioned mentioned playlists there. What what are your tips for, for finding playlists for, for people to send to and and that kind of thing? Oh, I just did a YouTube video on this. It's really cool. So there's a really, there's a really, there's a little free tip. Go on Spotify, go into the search and type the genre of the type of the genre you're trying to find playlists for. So if it's tech house, you just type tech house. And then in the same search query, put at gmail.com and it'll bring up all the play, playlists that have got a Gmail email address uh, in the description because the description and the titles are searchable. And that will help you find playlists that are right for your genre and then you can then go and check the check the playlist see if they're 
see if they've got tracks similar or artists similar. And then you've got their email address. Drop an email and say, hey, I see you've got this track and this track in your playlist. Would you consider mine? Other places like Submit Hub are quite cool. You can submit to playlists there. Um, there's, a, there's a program called Playlist Supply, which is really good. Um, again, it does that kind of hard work for you. you type in the genre and it brings up a load of um, playlists and their email addresses or their Instagram uh, users. And then you just email them all. Um, be aware that people are asking for like fees to submit to their playlists. I don't think it's worth it. I think I think you just I think it's a waste of money. I think you're better off with spending that money and building your own playlist and running ads to build your own playlist and build your own base. Spot on. Um, so you've obviously worked with a lot of high profile artists, a lot lot of artists in general. Have you got any Have you got any funny stories of of people that you've you've worked with or anything that kind of sticks in your mind? Uh, yeah, I mean, from a DT point of view, we've had like we've had we we worked so many people across the like across the years. Like their first, their first, like like I remember I, I remember Salada. We met Salada before they before they even announced they were releasing music. Like they brought me again. They brought me twenty tracks to listen to on a USB, and because they wanted to be for DT to cover them and DT be behind them from the early start. Like we released a free download for them, like way way back, which you can still grab on our SoundCloud. Um, Again, disclosure. I booked them at an AD before they before they popped. Like we had them at a party in I think twenty. Oh, it was in twenty twelve because it was literally the same time as my daughter was about to be born. Um, and that week they kind of popped on Radio One, and we turned away two and a half thousand people at the door, and they weren't actually old enough to get them in the club, and we had to kind of sneak them in and you know make them behave and like that. So it was quite fun. Like um, we uh, we went to the AVA conference on Friday and uh, Kink was there and he was doing a demonstration. We booked him to play in London a long time before. Kind of he was he was you know he is the you know we saw him at ADE and he was banging at ADE this the, in the October before and then he came to play for us in August and we had Kink and Tail of Us and and Manic on the lit on XOIO and that was mad. Like we paid so little for them because they were so unknown then. But like Kink did the. He did the three hundred our third three hundred and third podcast, and he had to go and sit outside a uh, an internet cafe because it was shut, and up use the Wi Fi and upload it like he was like, in the snow with his laptop and kind of like uploading this podcast outside. Like, can you imagine now? Like, man, it's like, um, yeah, we just we've had some fun things. We've we've interviewed some crazy people, which has been good and crazy times at terminals. Obviously, I can't there's so many there. Like, we booked Justice for two hundred pounds. We um before they were big and Swedish House Mafia's first gig in London, we had to play at terminals, which was mad. Um yeah, it's all good. It's all fun. <laughs> so so for people just just starting out who are kind of thinking this is gonna be a long journey to to get to where I wanna be, what what would you say in terms of how long it, it takes from from just kind of starting out to to get into a position where you could get your first gig or you could get your first release? I know it obviously varies, but to give people like a bit of an idea in your view yeah yeah i guess i guess first gig isn't uh, first gig can just be about networking like first like i think there's first gig and there's first pay gig but first gigs you see people get them all the time because they're just going to the party they're hanging out they know the promoter they they kind of shook the hands and it's all about their local scene and then being local first first releases again could cut depends it depends if how patient you are or you're not like you could make a track and get it signed tomorrow but i just again i don't recommend that from earlier like wait and make the right music because you see so many people just 
making loads of music and then going, oh, I don't like this music anymore. And I've had a U-turn and if they just kind of waited. Um, but everything, I always think things like take three years, you know, I think like if you really hammer it, I always think things take three years to grow. Like when I started making YouTube videos, it was 2018, beginning of 2018. And then, and now they're kind of, they're coming to fruition a bit more and we've built, and we've built the course off of it and we've got the Twitch, we've got the Twitch deal off of it. And, um, again with artists who've seen it over the years like they make loads of music make loads of music and then three years later they're kind of grinding but then it can take longer you know I see I see eats everything it said it took him 10 years to, to break you know uh, and his famous story was he literally was about to give up and, um, and then one track just popped and all of a sudden it started flying for him and you know look at him now so you've just got to go you've just got to, you've just got to keep with it if it's if it's if this is the thing you want to do and you want to Remember, it's a career and it's the career can last forever. And, and you've just got, if this is what you're going to want to do for the rest of your life, it, if it takes 10 years, then it takes 10 years, you know, it's, but just try and enjoy it along the way and enjoy the process and make loads of, build a good network and a big, strong network in this industry because the industry is a lot smaller than you think it is when it comes to the key people. So really just get out there and make the network. Um, obviously, it's been difficult the last few years, but you can still do it by social quite a lot, you know. So what what difference have you kind of seen through since that since the pandemic in terms of how the landscape kind of looks in terms of dance music? Have you have you noticed a bit of a, a bit of a shift and a lot of bars kind of losing out and shutting down and that kind of thing? What's the impacts that you've kind of seen? Do you know when it comes to out there, I've not seen that much because I've not been out there. I've literally been doing the things we do the most, which is everything online which i can do from my home and i've done that for 10 years from my home so i've i think i've been out maybe four times and we're kind of so focused on artists and streaming and kind of breaking records which and i can do all that from home like i don't need to kind of sounds a bit i don't need to kind of be out there risking myself and my own health because at the moment i still i still worry about it loads i still worry about covid i still worry about going out and getting covid and like it affecting me and my family and you know and my time with my daughter and like so i don't i'm really really being careful going out there like um i'm not a spring chicken anymore i'm older so i don't you know i just the focus for me is building our channels and, and finding great music and releasing it and helping other people find great music, make me find places for them to put that music and market that music. Um, really been like getting into trying to do the best Twitch streams we can do, trying to do the best interviews we can do. Like I really want to be one of these people that's, you know, a great interviewer in the scene. And, you know, I know a lot about music and I know a lot about artists and I've been around a long time and kind of got these stories and really enjoying interviewing massive artists like we just had john newman on twitch and we had eleven thousand people watching us and that's, that video is at three hundred thousand views and that sort of thing excites me now you know i love finding new music we we found some today on my literally today on my twitch stream we just we just opened it up and said submit your whips are you work in progress tracks and just let's just listen to them and we found some great music like um we've had tracks signed to labels because we've been been inviting people on to uh, invite the label on invite the people on and kind of connect the dots you know that excites me so much like um finding great music and f- finding ways to push it and making great content that pushes it and yeah that's that's much more exciting for me at the moment so what, what have you got coming up have you got anything anything exciting planned for, for data transmission coming up 
saying uh yeah 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 so we've we're, we're launching a label uh as i mentioned we've we've had labels in the past and we've kind of called them different names and tried to build different brands like we launched the 63b band which is essentially 63b was the the uh street address for data transmission uh and, sorry the street address for terminals nightclub so it was 63b clock and road so we might launch that but it's always these sub brands that just take a little bit longer because you obviously they don't, people don't know them so we're like right well this year let's just launch data transmission as a label and we'll just sign artists that are right for the size obviously we've got really big channels on soundcloud and really big channels on youtube and a blog and a radio station that we can promote this music through we've got big spotify playlists so we can promote you straight through our own own, our own home you know uh i can stream from here in my disco shed and kind of just you know, push records through my Friday streams, which are now linked through to Beatport. And so, yeah, we can, the label's going to be good. We've signed loads of music already. We've signed some great house tracks. Um, we want to have a drum and bass label at some point. I'm going to be speaking more out there. I'm I'm speaking at Tourum Academy Live. Um, I'm doing, I'm speaking at a retreat. I'm speaking, I'm going to do more speak. We're doing these events in Manchester called, uh, with Marlebone Records or, a really cool like house like label in they've got really big space it's like four floors and we they've got upstairs they've got a bar and a kind of an auditorium so we've been doing we've done two speeches there and we had 130 people come to see me speak which is amazing um so we do more of those this year um dt dt the blog just keeps growing the radio station like i said is growing um so that's they're kind of just like it's just about kind of consistency with them you know it's We'll find more music. We'll build the channel some more. We'll we'll put out some more music, and the eventual hope that we, you know, we really really break an artist at some point, and that's always the goal. Like, let's take someone completely unknown and have a have a network big enough we can go. This is cool, and everyone goes, yeah, it is. You know, and that would be, you know, that's that's always the dream. You know, like just to go, we think this person is great, and and the the essentially the you know go big enough. The world thinks it is too. You know, that'd be amazing um so it's always just about building those building building everything to to the point we can do that you know um and get a bit of luck maybe along the way yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun time so we've just been made we're just testing this beatport web app for my streams as well so we've just been made a beatport ambassador this web the web is called dj.beatport.com and you can actually dj on the web um we plug in a controller so we can it's good fun, you know, on a Friday. Um, the stream on a Friday has always been about um, kind of taking that record store vibe. It's like playing the new releases. Come in, let's see what the new releases are. They're out today. And it's kind of like digging on the shelves. But we do it live and listen to tracks live. And sometimes I'm like, I don't like this. And the audience are like, the audience are like, we don't like this either. It's quite funny. But some, a lot of the time it's like, this is banging and everyone's kind of grooving to it, which is cool. But now we can do it live and, Via and have access to the Beatport library as well, which is amazing. So, in your with your connections with with Beatport, have they have they mentioned that that there'll ever be a position where you you'll be able to record whilst using Beatport Link? Um, I I don't I don't not yet. The I know that the, they tested this thing called Party Mode, which they actually had on their stream the other day, and it allows two DJs to play in different locations uh, on the same web app, which is absolutely amazing. So you can have back to back streams, which is well cool like seamless back-to-back streams. And they did one with Jamie Jones. In, they did one in Miami and one in Berlin a while back. Um, so you can actually have multiple DJs playing at the same time, which is well good. But And I guess like you would just record, I mean, it's still coming into your SoundCloud, into your, into your sound card. So 
I guess you could throw open audition or something and just record through that. Never even thought of that. It's still an input. If you're using web, if you're using it's going your your web will be playing it and you just open it up an audition. Oh, you got that's a good input. idea, actually. Yeah. I'll give that a whirl. That was a question for me rather than the uh listeners. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's spot on. So where where can people where can people find you on socials then? Do you wanna do you wanna drop your handle so people that are listening? I take it you can just search data transmission these days, can't you? On <laughs> yeah, data transmissions on data transmission on Instagram, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and then at Grand Farmer for me on Instagram, YouTube, Twitch. Twitch is Twitch is on twitch.tv forward slash Grand Farmer. Um, Discord. Might have a Discord server as well, which is just discord.gg forward slash Grand Farmer. So I kind of mix of both. Obviously, and obviously datatransmission.co. Thanks for listening to that DJ podcast. If you enjoyed it, please leave a rating and subscribe.